Welcome to Value-Based Care Insights, brought to you by Lumina Health Partners, a national healthcare consulting and leadership development firm focused on improving the strategic, financial, and operational performance of provider organizations and its leaders. On this program, we explore trends and share valuable insights on how health systems and medical groups can navigate this increasingly complex healthcare environment and shift then to transform the delivery of care. Value-Based Care Insights is hosted by Daniel Moreno, Managing Partner of Lumina Health Partners. With over three decades of experience, Daniel specializes in helping organizations shape their strategic initiatives in areas of population health, clinical integration, physician alignment, information technology, and board retreats. For additional insights, visit our website, LuminaHP.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Dan, over to you. Welcome to another episode of Value-Based Care Insights. I'm your host, Daniel Marino. In today's episode, we're going to spend some time talking about strategic planning. Through a lot of the work that we do with organizations, through hospitals, through physician leadership, and so forth, we spend a lot of time helping these leaders understand what are their strategic goals, their strategic initiatives, how to align the organization around where they want to go as, as future goals and, and so forth. And some of the organizations actually do a pretty good job of activating the strategic initiatives while others struggle. And I've often wondered, well, what's the differentiator? Why have some leaders struggled with activating their strategic plans while others have really succeeded. And in having conversations with other folks and in really thinking about the activation successes, it's come down to one important element and that's the leadership. And what I've discovered is that as the strategic plan is being developed, it's equally important to continue to develop the leadership. I'm really pleased today to be joined by my colleague and friend, Dr. Doug McKinley. Doug is a clinical psychologist, has tremendous amount of experience in leadership development. As a matter of fact, he wrote a fantastic book, The Resiliency Quest, where he spends some time talking about the key elements in leadership and motivating physicians and driving a lot of the goals that we've talked about today. Doug, welcome to the program. Very happy to have you here. Thanks, Dan. Good to be here. So, Doug, I know you've done quite a bit of work with leadership development, um, helping to pull teams together, helping to, you know, help some of these, these leaders understand the key elements that are going to drive some of this success. And some of the work that you've done, maybe you could speak a little bit to some of the challenges that you've seen and, and why leadership development is, is so important for organizations, especially as they move forward with their strategies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks, Dan. I think uh, I, 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 some people don't prefer sports analogies, but I like them because they're kind of tidy. They're kind of like you had a season, you know, like a strategic plan. And let me just say, if we were going to put a team together, and let's call it football since we're in that season, and we didn't plan for uh, players being injured or we didn't plan for any adversity, um, 
and we just say, we're just going to have a great year and we build a strategy. Here's how we're going to win. And we don't really think about the players and their resiliency and how they're going to play together. It would be kind of silly, right? <laughs> so, so I think the thing I run into is people even, I mean, Dan, you know this, sometimes they don't even really have a clear strategy. So that's point number one. And, but if they do, let's assume they do, if they haven't really taken a time to think about who's going to be actually acting on that strategy and what the verbs are, what the behaviors, the success behaviors are that are going to help us accomplish it, it's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a real conundrum. So I think the biggest challenge I run into is people just don't think about leadership and team cohesiveness as a strategic anchor. They I, I, overlook it. <laughs> I absolutely yeah. agree with you. Absolutely yeah. agree with you. And when we work with organizations, and, and I've had the opportunity um, to work with many hospitals, health systems, physician groups around the country in developing their strategic plans, we focus on four things, Doug. We focus on kind of defining the why, what, and how you're going to do it. We then focus on the value proposition that really speaks to the goal and what you want to get out of the strategic plan. Third, we really focus on what is going to be required for success, that commitment. But the fourth element that we talk about is culture. Now, we don't go into the culture drivers, but we really assess whether the organization in their current state has what it takes to achieve the strategic goals, or is there a evolution that has to occur in their culture? So given those four elements that I talked about for strategic planning, in your opinion, how does the leadership development need to complement the strategic planning process? Well, first of all, it needs to, right? So it's, it, it needs to be considered. So if we're going to do that and it's again, if you think if you don't assess culture and uh, the vehicle through which you're going to drive your strategy, it's just a big mistake. So I think they need to be complementary. Um, a lot of times when I listen, especially when I watch you lead a strategic session, Dan, it, and I look around the room and I think there's no way this team could pull that off. I, I love what you're coming up with, but I I'm looking at the players. And first of all, we don't even have clarity or agreement i think agreement's an undervalued um, i don't know what to call it uh, an undervalued competency getting to yeah. agreement uh, as a leadership team and as a cross-functional team is really hard and yeah. you can't just assume it no i i agree i agree you know <laughs> good you've got agreement good <laughs> you've had some we've spent some time talking about that and i think you know, the basis of agreement is trust. And right. you're a huge proponent of that. You've talked about that where there has to be um, innate trust in the leadership team. Um, from there, you know, you kind of speak to uh, accountability and driving results and, and frankly, that commitment, which I think is critical in that strategic planning process. And Oftentimes what I see to your point is that that's really overlooked. I don't think the leaders really look at that. And maybe it's because they don't want to put themselves out there and they don't want to be vulnerable. But um, I, I think as, as we start to think about the successes of these plans, 
you can't activate them unless or activate them properly to the success that you want if you don't take those things into consideration. Yeah, they they say that culture eats strategy for lunch or something like that. I forget. Is that what the phrase is? Yeah, <laughs> it's, culture it's, eats strategy for lunch every day, something like that. Yeah. So if that if that were really true, if people really believed that, then this conversation wouldn't be so novel. I di- I just don't know that people have really have agreed on that or not. It's a it's a nice posture and it's a nice marketing message and. The times when I get in and really start rolling up my sleeves working on culture, people really want to get to the tactics and the behavior, get to the, uh, you know, solving problems. They don't, they don't really want to talk about culture. So it's a big challenge. I get it. You know, if you're a results oriented organization, you want to you just want to drive for results. You want to get things done. And my suggestion is that you just have to take time to, pull back a little bit and stand back and look at how you're working together. And so, yeah, the first, the four things that you have, your four things, the four things that I'm trained in being part of the Kappa Pro, you know, table group Lencioni program is that we, we have to have team cohesiveness. Then we got to build clarity, which is the strategic plan. Then we have to commute over communicate that plan. And then fourthly, we, you know, we need to reinforce it and hardwire it into our, you know, into our behavior. So, that team cohesiveness is, again, people just assume that because we're a team, we're going to work well together. And that's where these five behaviors become critical. And I think that's one of the things you, you wanted me to just touch on, Dan, yeah, those five behaviors. About the, the five behaviors, because, again, I feel like um, those are either sometimes are taken for granted or, um, you know, it's, it's in speaking to many of the leaders, you get so wrapped up in the in the day-to-day activities. There's a lot of pressure on these leaders today, right? So we do a lot right. more crisis management and a lot of our daily activities than we do a lot of planning the day, so to speak. Um, and understanding these behaviors that are critical in driving the success, you know, everything starts from the top, right? These leaders have to provide a good example to their middle managers, to their staff. Um, and I've heard you speak about these behaviors. Why don't, why don't you spend a couple of minutes going over them? I think that would be real helpful. Yeah, let me just quickly. And they, and they were originally, the author originally outlined them as dysfunctions. So he, he basically said that the five dysfunctions of a team is the inability to have trust. And if you have no trust, then you're clearly not going to have healthy conflict. And if there's no healthy conflict, then how are you going to agree on things to a commitment, which is the third behavior? Well, accountability is the fourth dysfunction. There's, there's just, what are we holding people accountable to if we don't have those four things and those three things in place? And then the last behavior is your results. So trust, conflict, commitment, accountability, and results. And the results, you know, I could be very productive. It's like a sports team analogy again, Dan. I could be a great athlete, and our team could suck, right? right. It, the, re, the results have to be that we win together as a team, not that I'm building my stats. And we work in healthcare, and it's easy for really great clinicians, nurses, doctors, all of them, to feel like, hey, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I've got my surgical field in, and I'm really good. And forget that they're part of a huge ecosystem. Yeah. And so you the know, results have to be focused on those. They have to be focused on organizational wins, not 
personal wins. Go ahead. So it was a, you know, we we obviously did a lot of work in supporting um, many healthcare systems uh, during COVID, and I saw many of the leaders um, in their response to COVID took a very um, top-down approach, right? Right. Type of a, an approach to figuring out how they wanted to respond to COVID. Um, manage some of the interactions with doctors and patients, telehealth being one of them basically said, you know, we're going to do telehealth and we're going to implement it in the next couple of weeks. So it, it was a very authoritative type of a style of leadership that many organizations put in place. And frankly, I think it was needed, right? And many, right. Of the, because it was a scary time, many of the staff and employees, of course, looked to the leaders to provide that level of direction. And I think many of the, the leaders did a great job responding. But I, but I also found a year after COVID that it, it's been very difficult for the organization to get back to more of a decentralized sort of management style where you're able to delegate some activities there and ensure that there's some level of, of accountability and I don't know if it's because the leadership um, certainly has some bruises and, and certainly some, some still the research sure. and thinking that occurred within COVID, but some of the things that you've mentioned, you know, driving uh, commitment, accountability, building that trust, I believe many of them want to, but it's been very hard for them to get back to where they were from a management style pre-COVID um in, in this post-covid environment any thoughts with that yeah i think it's it's very simple it's because they didn't trust the people to to help them do it they they be we call this heroic leadership dan and that's what happened during covid is the the companies that organizations were that were not healthy already they had to enlist heroes they had to bring in superpowers to pull off this heroic measure and that's they, they saved the day. Then you go back and everybody felt like, you know, well, I guess I'm not that important because the person with the cape flew in, did, saved the day. And some, there's some, there's some amazing people out there that did do heroic things, but that's not a healthy organization. That's a top down or a, you know, a specialized thing. And so they've lost the trust of their, of their players, the people, People all want to feel appreciated and valued for their strengths. And when you go into heroic leadership moves, like what some organizations did during COVID, then, you know, you're, you're basically putting people on the bench and, and they feel discouraged. So we've right. got a, it was a big, it was a mistake if they did that. And now it's not a matter of going back to the way it was. It's a matter of actually creating an, a healthy organization so that they can actually allow people to use their beautiful gifts. So yeah, it's a, it's a real challenge. Yep. You're absolutely right. If you're just joining us, if you're just tuning in, I'm Daniel Marino. You're listening to value-based care insights. I am here today with Dr. Doug McKinley. We are talking about the need to align leadership development with strategic planning and, and the successes and the challenges around that. So, so Doug, when you, when you think about organizations on kind of building that trust factor, um, 
what what are some of the key things that that you see or that you're working with some of the leaders on on building that level of trust? And, and, and it kind of gets me back to one comment that I've heard you make plenty of times as, as you've worked with, as I've had the opportunity to, to work with you on, on, on different engagements. You've mentioned that healthy adaptive leadership creates effective strategy. So when when you when you think through that comment, when you think through that quote, trust has to be an underlying factor, right? So sure. what, what are some of those key things that you know you begin to work on with leaders that helps them kind of advance or pull together that trust factor? Well, I think the key word in that quote is adaptive, right? So if let's just say today's uh you know, we're, we're whatever day, let's say today's a Wednesday and we go out and we plan our day. And if, if it's like, if it's like most operational things, it never goes as we plan. And so for me to, to be so rigid in how I want to get things done at, so as to say, it's got to go my way. It has to go perfectly. I, if I'm not adaptive, then how am I going to enlist trust and vulnerability amongst the team where we can actually juggle those those tender moments so i think the first key of building trust is we need leaders that are willing to be vulnerable and admit hey this isn't going as we planned we need to pivot right now and i need to tell you i'm not sure where we're going i'm not even sure what our next move is but i'm glad you're with me and let's do this together as opposed to what i think heroic leaders do is they hide that and then they just drive expectations without enlisting their team. So trust is, <laughs> trust is a currency and it's, it's alive. It's dynamic. It ebbs and flows like a, like, you know, like sort of a current, like money does the value of something. And you have to, you have to, you have to value it. Trust, trust is a currency. You have to value it and not break that trust by demanding or yelling or, you know, being, being disappointed in people when things don't go as planned because they often don't. And I, I, I love that. Trust is a currency. I, I, I absolutely love that. And, you know, when we're, when we work with organizations, with leaders on developing their strategic plans, their strategic initiatives, it's really that, right? I mean, we, we don't, nobody has crystal ball. You don't know exactly what's going to happen right. in the year, two or three years, right? So it's right. a little scary, but you've got, I mean, you really, the only thing you have that supports that is trust. And you need to have trust. But one of the key things that I think that you, you've alluded to as you think about, as you talk about that adaptability, it's really around being agile. And, you know, and I've heard you talk about this before, being a highly impactful, agile leader and the competencies that go into that. And, yeah. you know, what I've seen is I kind of think about the different health systems and those CEOs that have been successful. Some of the key attributes that I found is they're, you know, they're not afraid to be vulnerable. They're not afraid to admit a mistake. They provide strong direction to their team. Um, and they really focus on, on being, on, on, on developing that trust with their immediate team, but also with, you know, more of the, the junior managers as well as the employees. How does being an agile leader or maybe the agile leadership competencies that are so important, how does that figure in? Well, it, it starts with trust, right? So you have to, 
I think the, the where I if you if you were really listening and this made sense to you, I would start with do I trust myself? So I think self leadership is is another undervalued uh, competency. Do am I am I clear about who I am and what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, so that when I am engaged with my teammates, um, they're clear about who I am. So I think self leadership is one of the one of the key things that if if you're if you're clear about who you are then you can show up in a <clears throat> in a way that allows the uh, the people around you to feel comfortable with you and the first thing you got to do is if you're wrong you got to say you know what i'm i'm wrong right i don't hear that very often i don't know about no. you but it it's you know what i was wrong i was wrong about you i was wrong about the strategy i over you know i overvalued you know the market trends and i you know i'm sorry i got us off track what do you guys think right yeah. just just be you don't hear that very often yeah. it's that's adaptive it's being it's being honest to the moment yes last month we said we were going to go here it's not working let's just admit it it was my idea instead what i usually see is people say well i don't know who came up with that idea but that was dumb and then we judge and shame each other now the trust currency bank account goes down and Brene Brown says that vulnerability is the, it's the uh, precursor for innovation. Like if you really want to have an adaptive, innovative strategy that can be flexible in the, in the marketplace, you have to be vulnerable with each other. And that comes, yeah. that, right. that comes through, through being honest and, you know, and building trust with one another. So it's, I know I'm kind of, uh, it sounds squishy, but it's not. It's actually real business savvy to be, to be, to build trust bank accounts with your team. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, you know, we're faced with so many challenges, right? Those characteristics around strategic planning and strategic initiatives and leadership development are, are, are so critical, Doug, to, to driving the success of organizations. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. If let's say you have a great leadership team, and and I and I know you you and I both worked with them, you have to assume that somebody on that team might leave, right? right. They're gonna get they're gonna get recruited somewhere else. And so if you don't have a a way an ecosystem where trust and vulnerability is valued, you're not gonna be able to pivot when that happens. You yeah. know, if you're if if you're an orchestra conductor and you're and your first chair violinist or your you know your best your solo artist leaves you, you don't not have the concert. You have people in place. You have a bench strength. You have a system, an ecosystem where people want to step up and be a part of leadership. And so this isn't about building the perfect team. That's what I tell people it's all the time. You're not trying to find exactly the right people with the right chemistry. It's actually, it's, it's practicing these five behaviors in a healthy way and people can come and go off the team and we all can work together. Yeah. That's I, a big, I that's a big distinction. Yeah. Big distinction, big distinction. But I think if organizations and it's a journey, right? I mean, you don't just, you don't just flip the switch and, or buy a program or read a book and put these things in place. It is no. a journey. Right. As organizations go through this. So, you know, in, in, in closing Doug, for a lot of our listeners today, um, any pieces of advice, any words of wisdom, other than, you know, this, the conversation we had and a lot of wisdom and a lot of great, great insight here. Any final thoughts you might want to share? 
Yeah, I heard I heard a really uh, Patrick Lencioni gave a nice term recently that I'm going to share with your audience. He called it um, he called it organizational health insurance. <laughs> he said he said we're heading into a tough time. We just came out of a tough time, and now we're we're likely going into a recession. And I really think you need to sit down with your if you're listening to this and you're on a leadership team, sit down with your leadership team, and just just look at what are the key indicators of what it looks like to be a lot of teams want to be smart and not healthy right you, I'm, I'm sure most of the people on your team including your you listening are smart but is it a healthy environment for where people can actually plant their gifts and really invest and do great things together so i would say sit down and build an organizational health insurance plan which is build a cohesive team and get clear about who it is and what we're trying to accomplish. Strategy is great, but strategy is great, but it, I really believe culture and team and healthy organization is, is probably, it, it, I don't know if it eats strategy for lunch, but it's equally as important. So I agree. Just, I mean, take a, need, take a minute and think about it. That's all I'm asking people. Yeah. To do. You need to really have both of those elements and it is so important because, you know, Having one and not the other, you won't be successful. So I, I agree. Well, Doug, this was great. I, I want to thank you for your time. I know you're very busy. Um, real quick, if, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, any thoughts on uh, how they can reach out? LinkedIn. Yeah, my or... website is dougmckinley.com. It's pretty easy. <laughs> so yeah. you could you could find me there. I have a podcast like you, Dan. It's called Leadership Currency Podcast. So you can find that through the website dougmckinley.com. Thank uh, you. And it's a great podcast, so I commend you for that. And uh, I, love, I love listening to a great topics. So I want, well, you're I want to be thank honest. our listeners today for, for joining in. Um, hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Until the next insight, I am Daniel Marino, bringing you 30 minutes of value into your day. Take care. Are you at a crossroad with value-based care? Do you need to chart a future strategy or improve your organization's performance? Visit us at LuminaHP.com to learn more about our professional advisory services and leadership development programs. Also, you can sign up for our newsletter on our website and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. To connect with Daniel Marino or for more information about the show, visit our website or healthcarenowradio.com. Join this conversation using our hashtag BBC Insights. We are Lumina Health Partners. Thank you for joining us today. Until the next value-based care insight, stay well.